Okay, uh, so next is gonna be getting a crew together. So again, like in the handouts, I have the crew creation cheat sheet, and I'm also gonna go over the different crew types before we pick. Uh, I'm just gonna go over uh, all of them just so that way like you can hear all of them. I know we, we did say some we're not as interested in. So uh, assassins, those are like killers for hire. So they execute like accidents, uh, disappearances, murders, and ransoms. There are bravos who are mercenaries and thugs. So they execute battles, extortion, sabotage, and smash, smash and grabs. Uh, and then cult acolytes of a forgotten god. So they execute more like artifact acquisitions, auguries, consecration, and sacrifices. So this is kind of the really weird one. Uh, there are hawkers who are vice dealers. So they execute product procurement, covert sales, shows of force, and social events. Then there are shadows, thieves, and spies. They execute burglaries, espionage, robberies, and sabotage. And then finally, smugglers, who are contraband transporters. They execute clandestine deliveries, territory control, and expeditions outside the city. I think it will come as a shock to literally no one that hawkers who are interested in the social events and the items, uh, <laughs> that would be Morena's personal pick. Uh, however, I think also shadows could be really fun for this character as well. But also, I'm cool with anything. I was curious this time around, similar to Tess, I was drawn to both hawkers and shadows. I think either of those could be really fun and interesting. I think we can definitely rule out assassins, bravos, and cult. I think those are just not kind of what our party seems to be interested in so far. Uh, I could be wrong, though. So I'm going to... I did a similar thing of like making different playbooks for each uh, crew to add in like their specific details which were left out. So I'm going to make uh, Shadows and Hawkers uh, viewable, just so everyone can like look at those, especially Hawkers, since uh, that's one that you didn't go with. So like if you look at the special abilities in particular, I think that'll really just, like give you an idea of a bit more of what these crew playbooks are about. It's so, like Hawkers has like a lot of stuff that is related to... Uh, socializing and uh getting items <laughs> i really feel, looking over the hawkers i really feel like it feels like it's up the alley we're vaguely heading toward but <laughs> that's me i'm <laughs> curious other people's thoughts yeah i feel like going from shadows to hawkers is almost like going from burglary to white collar crime <laughs> we're we're moving up in the world is what you're saying it's like we did i don't know i don't have a reference but now we are moving on to oceans eight <laughs> i like how there's a a skill for the hawkers called ghost market where we've figured out how to sell our products to ghosts and or demons <laughs> Okay, but you left out the really fun part. They do not pay in coin. What do they pay with? <laughs> That's so the is question, that, isn't it? Yeah. So is that everyone's everyone's interested in hawkers? I think so. <laughs> Sounds good to me. <laughs> I'd be into it. Sorry, I I had a I had a brain like 
excitement moment where I discovered that one of the upgrades for hawkers is personal. I don't even know how to say that word out loud. Personal clothier, clothier. Which personal, one is that? Personal in? wardrobe expert. It's uh, get you a tailor. <laughs> yes, get, we we can have a tailor on retainer. Oh, are we are we gonna be like the Kingsmen? Oh, that's uh, that's not an upgrade. That's in the turf. So that's like I'm you sorry, can... wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wr- wrong section of the playbook, but yes, Just very well dressed spies. Amazing. I'm sorry for disrailing, Elliot. Please continue. Oh no, no, this is great. I hadn't I hadn't noticed that. <laughs> So I know we discussed this during the one shot where we were gonna. Uh, I feel like we're leaning once again towards the whimsical uh, in terms of like tone. Are we comfortable with this, everybody? Like, does someone want like a more serious story or like um, kind of a serious story with like some slight joking? Or what are we going for? I am all good with whimsy. I am all good with it being like a little tongue in cheek. I don't think Blades in the Dark is quite as edgelordy as um, Apocalypse World was, but I know we kind of played fast and loose with Apocalypse World because it's so just like grim, dark, edgelordy. And I feel like Blades in the Dark has elements of that. So I'm cool if we're like, we can be a little goofy with it. All right. What I'm hearing is we're going full camp. I mean, so. <laughs> I how long my name was. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to make sure. I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> okay. So what is the what is the reputation of I this think crew? We're frivolous. Or at least okay. Rather, I think Nick's character and I are both frivolous. I don't know about the rest of everyone else. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> um but as a group, as a group. It could also be that, like, those two characters are just so frivolous that, like, that stands out and everyone assumes that's true of the whole group. <laughs> I think we are, I think we are negligible, but mighty. <laughs> I love that description. <laughs> I think that's the one. <laughs> no one knows us, but we talk a lot about it. frivolous negligible but mighty cool cool so uh, then the next thing is a lair so again you're starting at tier zero and your lair is most likely pretty modest or abandoned like some of the suggestions from the book are like half sunken grotto and like the underground canals abandoned watchtower small abandoned house at the end of a lane uh, I found it funny that one of them uh, is a junked rail car, rusted and rust- rustled in place in its old on its old overgrown tracks. There's a lot of different a lot of different suggestions, um, and then also part of that is picking where in the city it is. So I think before quickly like getting into that, I'm gonna do a quick overview of the city. Uh, again, there is a map in the handouts, um, which. There's a there's a lot of different districts, so these are very quick, fast and loose summaries, and there's always the uh, reference. So there is White Crown, which is the northernmost one that's got the estates of the Lord Governor, Hunter Commander, Master Warden, and Duskfall Academy. That's the rich and powerful one. Uh, there's Brightstone, which has grand mansions and luxury shops of the wealthy elite. So that might be uh, of interest to this particular group. 
Uh, there's Charter Hall, which is where the city's civic offices are and also a hub for shops, artisans, and commerce. There's Six Towers, which used to be a rich district, but now it's a bit worn down and dilapidated, which sounds like that also might be kind of fitting this crew, possibly. There is Silk Shore, which is like the Red Lamp District, an artist community. Uh, Night Market is the trade center for exotic goods, which come in on the railway. And a lot of vendors there also trade in illicit goods. So that also might be might be relevant. Uh, there's Crowsfoot, where we played for the one shot. A cramped neighborhood of multi-level streets ruled by gangs. There's the docks, uh, rough taverns, tattoo parlors, fighting pits and warehouses. Barrowcleft has residences and markets for farmers who work the fields and eeleries. Uh, Coal Ridge is the remnants of Duskfall's original hilltop mining settlement, and now it is home to laborers and industrial factories. Char Hollow is maze of tenements and squalid row houses. And then finally, Dunslow is a labor camp served by convicts and a ghetto for the desolate poor. Hmm. I think it kind of ties into how... Uh, Marmar uh, is no longer uh, is Marmar still extremely wealthy as a princess or like <laughs> are they destitute are they destitute now by definition for this game we have to start without a lot of coin yeah so if she is wealthy it's probably like trust fund wealthy where like she'll get access to it at a certain point uh, so it's like she sees herself as very wealthy, but doesn't have any coin to speak of. Or like all the wealth is just the ornamentation. 100%, yeah. I was just going to say, no- nothing is liquid right now. Like, exactly. it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> What if we were all on a ship from possibly like Aruvia, or perhaps this merchant ship was like coming around, picking up a lot of people and bringing them to a Koros. But then the very drunk sea captain just like completely missed the lighthouse and like full ran into a cliff. And now the entirety of Marmar's like inheritance is like at the bottom of the ocean and we're living out of the broken ship. I don't know. <laughs> Just full speedballing here. I mean, I love that idea. <laughs> I kind of love that too. Would that put us in like, uh, like the docks? Question mark. Question mark. Question mark. So oh, it's wherever sure. the ship crashed, right? Yeah. <laughs> if you look at the map, like they're. Like, this is kind of like Venice. There are a lot of waterways. Mm. Like, some of them are a bit too narrow for, I think, like, a big ship that might have been coming from um, coming from Aruvia. But, like, it could probably fit in some of the larger rivers. So, like, Charter Hall might be out of the question, because that's a, a bit too narrowed in. But I, I think a lot of these are options. I think it could be interesting if we, if our ship, which is a hilarious idea, um, was in like the Silk Shore area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was going to say that's on the coast. It's like totally accessible from pseudo sunken ship. And it's an interesting place. You know, it's not quite as it's not quite as upscale as Brightstone, but it still feels like, you know, the red lamp slash artist community still feels like it would be a good base of operations for this kind of crew oh yeah 
I think that could interestingly lead into like some further upgrades of like gear and like supplies of like, hey, maybe you took some time to like go scuba diving. I don't know. And try to get some of that stuff back. <laughs> Fish Marmar's treasure out of the ocean. <laughs> uh, which actually, um, uh, Marino, what's the name of this ship? Because like it's got to still have the name like in bright, shiny colors on the side of it. Oh, yeah, that's a really good question. I think it's the moon's crown. Okay, so next for the crew is hunting grounds. This is where you usually target for your scores, and you know this area well. It doesn't have to be in the same district as your lair. Uh, And it's pretty small. It's only like a few city blocks, but another faction has already laid claim to it. You are intruding on their area and will have to pay up the chain. So I think like we'll also also ask later... um, what faction that is but when i do ask anything about what faction you don't have to know the specific ones but if you have like an idea of like maybe like this kind of thing i probably have a suggestion for it so i'm very sorry i might derail us like a slight bit again but i do so i was thinking back to how this throwback to uh um, apocalypse world where we took over a metro car and it was called troca because some of the lights faded out and i was just like <laughs> fully losing it because i was like what if the same thing happened to the moon crown and it was the moo cow <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's brilliant <laughs> So I was just over here, like, fully dying. <laughs> oh my god, Marina would be so upset about that. I was about be... to say, that would be that'd be the best part, because Marina and anyone who was on the ship would, like, know what the actual name was, but maybe everybody, you know, in Silkshore slash Duskfall only knows it as the Moo Cow. <laughs> so good since there aren't like the like electric lights i'm assuming for the name maybe they, that's been like scratched like scratched out or like it's got like barnacles or something when it crashed on the uh on the cliff like a huge chunk of the side of it was taken out and so <laughs> those are the letters that are left <laughs> dex i've never loved you more than you at this moment <laughs> Oh my god, the funny thing is that like in like the lore of Blades in the Dark, like cows aren't really a thing too much anymore. Like there's a lot of extinct animals, so like there's no horses, like carriages get pulled by goats. Uh like there are eeleries because a lot of like nutrition comes from like fish and uh fungi. So like moo cow is just like can also kind of be seen as like a frivolous, like wealthy thing. <laughs> I'm crying. I'm legit crying. I have tears. <laughs> All right, so we agree that this is a completely serious, totally non-campy game, right? Definitely extremely serious. We're down to business types. <laughs> this is a, a gritty, dark game. Uh, so yeah, where's where are your hunting grounds? <laughs> I think Brightstone feels like a good choice for that. Um, yeah. Like... I at least definitely want, like, I really want the wealth of that area. And, like, feel like I belong in that area. Actually, I feel like I probably belong in the the academy area. But, you know, you know we'll shoot for Brightstone to start. 
I just want to steal from the rich. So that feels like a good. Yeah. I was going to ask, is there like a fairy system? There are uh, gondoliers. Oh, okay. Yes, then definitely Brightstone. It's kind of far away, but I think that that would be how you get. I was I was trying to figure out the like logistics of I'm like, surely, surely people from Brightstone also want to come to Silkshore sometimes. But like you have to go through Crow's Foot or Char Hollow unless you go by boat. Now it all yeah, makes sense. The, yeah. the wealthier citizens uh, will have like carriages that are drawn by goats. But like there are like there are gondoliers who go through the city. I think there's also like further upgrades you can get a carriage or a boat for your lair get a boat to tie to our boat so uh for these hunting grounds is there like a particular like area like kind of more of like a market or like is there a particular like residential neighborhood that you like to hit up uh this this one is more like something you were inventing within this area were any of us from akaros nope nobody is local Cool, cool. Just thinking, like, is there anyone who has like a a former boss or former lover or someone in the area who we like target their house? I'm theorizing that my character's best friend is the prostitute, so I'm gonna have contact in that region. Yeah, I don't know if a prostitute would necessarily be in like Brightstone, but like maybe right. over in like Silkshore. But she also might, or they also might work in that area, like. Mm-hmm frequent a certain neighborhood yeah or like if they're particularly fancy like a courtesan yep yeah and i was gonna say i think milos might his family's not from uh uh duskfall but i think he's been here for maybe a little while unless we really do want to do the, the like all of us are on the same ship although even then maybe he maybe he took a journey away and was on his way back but he, as a former academic, he might have some ins with the the wealthy as a tutor or family connections of former students, that kind of thing. I imagine I imagine I probably joined you guys um, halfway through, like halfway abandoned posts kind of deal. Yeah. So for these hunting grounds, is this like. Like what? What is? What are these like? Couple of blocks? Like, are you? I think like people had talked about wanting to steal from the rich. Is this like a pretty residential area? I think that feels right to me. But what okay. other people think? Maybe if it were a section that was residential and then kind of bordered up on some of the stores or other sort of businesses. Yeah, um, to lean so into like some of the turf. Yeah turf and also maybe like i have a connection with an apothecary so if that was in the same vicinity i think that that could also help Mm -hmm. yeah because this is literally just like the starting area and then you gain more ground from there i do wonder also if like any of the noble affluent people in the akoros area know of like the tragedy of marmar and have been like pity buying from us (laughs) <laughs> i'm not sure yeah yeah i can see that i like that uh okay so next is special ability so the crew gets a special ability uh again the top one is usually a good default but there's a lot of good options i mean there's always the ghost market <laughs> <laughs> 
There is one that I thought would be really helpful if we like want to. Which one? Oh, I was earlier. I was looking at high society. If we are trying to like gang and in to somebody or somewhere. I mean, yeah, that definitely fits with Marina and the kind of whole aiming at the very upper echelons thing that we have going on. Yeah, I was looking at high society, good stuff, or patron. Would have would have been the three that I would have leaned towards for this group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also saw the good stuff. I think high society looks like a good one. If if we're going to do that, I think that we should just like lean into it full bore. Okay, marking off high society. Okay, so uh, next there's the crew upgrades, which uh, upgrades are valuable assets that help your crew in some way. So there are two pre-selected ones. So for hawkers, you get resolve training and a secure layer. So like your layer has uh, or at least like one check mark on it uh, to get like security. So you would need to put another upgrade into that to fully get it. But there is progress. Uh, so. There's also descriptions uh, in the Roll20. So you get two more. One faction helped you get an upgrade. They like you and you get plus one status with them. But if you uh, pay one coin, you have two to start. Uh, To repay their kindness, you can get plus two status with them. And then one faction was screwed over when you got an upgrade. Uh, They don't like you and you take minus two status with them. But if you spend one coin to mollify them, take minus one status with them instead. And how much coin are we starting with? Two. So I think like probably the best way to, would be to figure out what upgrades you want. And then like maybe this is another thing that we come back to after talking a bit more about factions. I think given that um, right now Whitney's character feels like... Uh, oh, Whitney, what pronouns is your character using? They, them. Um, cool. Um, I feel like they, as the tinkerer, kind of feel like they're... Maybe not the most competent, but like definitely among the more competent. I would love to upgrade with a workshop. I think that could be really helpful. Yeah, I feel like that makes sense as well. Like while part of me is like a boat would be really nice. I don't think we're quite to a place where we have a boat yet. And I'm like, I think a workshop makes a lot of sense. I think it would certainly help. Mm hmm. Yeah, because like that gives you some assets uh, and you may accomplish long term projects with these assets without leaving your lair. I'm going to mark off workshop. So what is the other one? In the description, it also says that it has a library. So I imagine that Nick's character could get some mileage out of that. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, there's also the gray box for crew upgrades, which are the hawker specific ones. Just so those don't get lost. Those are on the table? Okay. Yes. Um, I mean, hawkers rigging sounds like potentially narratively appropriate. We do have a ship with the potential for like lots of rope and such. So having an extra item concealed and on us makes sense. Um, my other thought was maybe insight, given uh, Rand's character, um, given the like uh, PI of it all. I feel like insight would also track pretty logically there. Yeah, I was also thinking about insight, but. I agree that the rigging the rigging is nice. Nice to be able to carry extra stuff. 
I think if we're going to be doing a lot of of heists in the literal heist sense of stealing and sneaking, that maybe the rigging would be more beneficial to begin with. I'm currently leaning a little towards insight since I th- uh, like I think we're planning on not doing as much stealing. Yeah, that is more of a shadows thing. OK, because I think we're doing the selling part of it. So someone's <laughs> <laughs> someone's stolen something and then we're selling it. Maybe with the fences. I don't know. Um, but still, like, uh, Hawker's rigging still seems very useful. So I'm like, I, don't, I think I'm leaning, like, flavorfully towards, like, insight, but that's just my opinion. And, Bran, what are your thoughts, especially since the insight, uh, Tessa mentioned, kind of leans into, uh, Ellery's background? I don't have a strong preference there. Um, I think I was... We haven't gotten there yet, but I was going to suggest, um, because of my character's background, possibly our contact could be the blue coat. Mm. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Um, so before we get there, do we want to pick the, yeah. the upgrade? Um, in which case, if we have that advantage, then we could... Then I was like leaning towards rigging a bit more. So I don't know. Well, I give up my vote. <laughs> Everyone's split all over the place. pretty split 50-50 on this. Yeah. So it sounds like then if, if we're going for LaRose, the blue coat as a contact, Hawker's rigging as the crew upgrade. I think that sounds good. It's a yeah, nice. That works. Sure. Yep. Okay. So the last part of crew is favorite contact. So this is a uh, close friend, longtime ally, partner in crime. And then another thing we'll come back to is that one faction is also friendly with this contact and you get plus one status with them. uh, And then one faction is unfriendly with this contact and you get minus one status with them. So is everybody interested in like the rose, the blue coat? Yeah, Mm -hmm. I like that. Okay, cool. Yeah. So is this like somebody who's like just informing you and is still... Definitely working with the blue with the blue coats. That sounds right. Maybe somebody that Ellery knows from her her former work, and we just uh, you know still slides this information from time to yeah. time. Yeah, or either either this is someone who is uh, in cahoots with us, or or he could be someone who I know is is easily manipulated that we could just use. <laughs> we can decide that when we meet him. Yeah. So uh, I do have in the Roll20, there is a faction sheet, which has uh, the brief basics on all of the factions. There's a lot, and we definitely have don't have to go into like all of them. There are a couple of main categories you don't need to know like every single one of them, but you can see the general categories. Like there is uh, underworld factions. These are these are the factions that are more into crime. So this is kind of the section that your crew is at. Institutions are like citywide institutions, like the blue coats, uh, the military, the city council. Uh, labor and trade is pretty self-explanatory. Some of these factions are pretty powerful and have like some things you wouldn't expect, 
like gondoliers are actually a good like contact for a whisper because there's a lot of like ghost things that end up in the canals. People will dump bodies in there. So the gondoliers uh, see some shit. <laughs> there is also the fringe. So this has some of the weird spooky stuff uh, and also the Church of the Ecstasy of the Flesh, which is like the state religion, um, but also has some stuff like the Cults of Forgotten Gods um, or like the Scovlander refugees and Deathland, Deathland scavengers. There is uh, also technically the citizenry of a certain district can count as a faction. So like if you are all doing a bunch of business with the people of Brightstone in general, then that could easily be a faction that you have like a status with because you are doing a lot of trade with them. So a lot of the factions that come up will tend to be ones in the underworld and they all have their various like specialties, things they're interested in. Some are more focused in districts that you're not in and don't seem to Really, like, you probably won't be doing much in uh, Dunslow unless uh, somebody has to go to prison. <laughs> so there there are a wide variety. So I just wanted to at least, like, fill everyone in on, like, what kind of factions there are. Wait, so we are individually in different factions? Your, your crew is kind of its own group. These are factions or, like, groups within the city that you're going to come into contact with. So the idea is just that as we make our own moves, it will have a ripple effect in the city. And sometimes that ripple effect will be in our favor and sometimes it will be to our detriment. Yeah. Like all of these, you can see their tier and their status. Those are going to change. If you get into like a war with another faction, both of your tiers and set and like and holds are going to change. So you might see some factions get knocked down a few pegs. One might suddenly get really powerful. So this is just kind of the chart of where everybody is at yeah. at the start of things. Yeah, cool. at the start. I'm extremely interested in the gondoliers. <laughs> yeah, the gondoliers are cool. <laughs> yeah, very cool. Um, gondoliers or cabbies. Like, either one of them. Mm -hmm. Like, can you imagine the stuff they know? Oh, yeah. Okay, but if we're talking secrets, the ciphers who give all of the uh, all of the, the secret messages across town and they swear an oath of secrecy, those people have the goss. But then, but then they wouldn't talk to us. <laughs> I mean... Everyone can I be persuaded know. with something. Not with that attitude. <laughs> How can they say no to a princess? <laughs> yeah, like all the all the information that I put in there is like I kind of put the brief overview of them and then the names of like some of the notable members. Uh, like there's more stuff in the book. Some of it is like spoilers with like a situation they're in. But that's kind of the briefest summary. Cool. Um, I was going to ask Elliot earlier, did you say we need to pick a faction that we're on good terms with and another one that we screwed over or am I misremembering? Yes. So for the crew upgrades, when you like one of the factions helped you get one of those upgrades and then a faction was screwed over when you got an upgrade. And then, yeah, the other one is uh, your crew contact. So one faction is already is also friendly with this contact and you get plus one status with them. And then one faction is unfriendly with this contact. 
um, which I think since they're a blue coat, the rose is a blue coat, that would make sense that you get plus one status with the blue coats. Yeah, as long as we think LaRose is still at least temporarily. Well, it says LaRose, a blue coat. So, yes, they are still a blue (laughs) coat. So, yeah, that makes sense. Cool. So I have just added, you can see on status under blue coats, it is one. Which is an interesting faction to start out with with status, like positive status with. (laughs) (laughs) On the good side of the cops. (laughs) (laughs) For now. For now. I feel like the gondoliers or the cabbies would make sense for who helped us get the rigging. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because like being able to carry more narratively cabbies or having a way to travel with our extra load feels really appropriate. And I feel like the gondoliers are like, hey, we know how ships work. You can use these ropes to do this thing. What if I we got were like helped? the gondoliers? Yeah, I was like, what if we got helped by one of them, but the other one suffered because of it? So, like, the cabbies needed the same rigging, but we took it, or something like that. That's kind of fun. Yeah. Okay, so plus one status with the gondoliers, minus one with the cabbies. So then, uh, one of the other things was uh, one faction is also unfriendly with this contact. So. Uh, who doesn't like Laraz? Which, as a blue coat, is going to be a lot say, of options. Every, everyone, yeah. he's a cop. <laughs> yeah. every, every member of the underworld faction or of yep. the underworld category. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think this would probably be like specific to Laraz. So, like, everybody hates the blue coats in general, but maybe like Laraz was in charge of like taking down or like working against one particular faction i was thinking okay. lord, lord skurlock too whoever just clicked on that yeah that was me and i liked the name and then when i opened it i was like even better so lord skurlock says an ancient noble said to be immortal like the emperor possibly a vampire or a sorcerer obsessed with the occult and i kind of think that would be an interesting person to have on our bad side <laughs> yeah the fun thing with lord skurlock is like this is the only individual in the faction list <laughs> yeah. this guy He's is so individual. powerful he counts as a faction and a tier three faction nonetheless yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay so minus one with lord skurlock is a fun one to start off with like <laughs> with a bit of an enemy Excellent. Yeah, that might be like maybe LaRoz is like really uh, digging into Lord Skrillex's past because there's the rumors like this person's immortal, huh? I like to imagine uh, the investigation was literally just like being slightly too close to Lord Skrillex's territory. And he's like, well, I perceive that as a slight. You're going down. <laughs> I want to get to know the Dimmer sisters. Oh yeah, they're they're a cool option. Housebound recluses with an occult reputation. What? They're 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 a good option for like getting kind of like arcane goods. <laughs> it's like two Emily Dickinsons. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I think do you want to go back to the friends and rivals everyone has? Like now that you know some like some stuff about the factions, then you can kind of think where they fit into the world. So like your friends and rivals don't necessarily need to be in a particular faction, but like they are going to come up. They like your friend is gonna 
like be able to help you with scores and your rival is going to try to interfere. So it is likely that they are tied to a faction, but now you know a bit more and have some more context to really figure that out. So like all of the playbooks have their own names to write in. Like I know Tess, you were talking about like possibly having a, having a write in, uh, but they do have like some starting, some starting names and suggestions there. So I, I had marked a couple of, I, I had marked a friend and a rival that I liked the sound of. And now I think some possibly interesting, uh, connections although they're both in the same category so maybe well, well let me propose them and we'll see if people like them uh milos's rival i had marked as uh salia an information broker who i'm thinking might be a crooked uh or like corrupt cipher so a cipher who has um you know broken their sacred oaths um and who maybe i i uh double crossed or who double crossed me um sometime in the past and then the other one is named uh august a master architect who sort of obviously would slot into the foundation the the kind of top dog of the labor and trade uh the the like construction industry i guess um but i'm i'm wondering if there's anywhere like more interesting to put him well, what's what's them. your relation with august i think i kind of yeah maybe that's a better way to go about it i kind of imagine them as like distant peers or or former peers maybe like maybe both taught at the same university or something um, but as a, you know, as an architect, August has an actual practice um, that brings him money, which Milos, as a poetry professor, uh, <laughs> did and does not. <laughs> no shade to poetry professors um, whom we all love. <laughs> but I, yeah, I see them as maybe like like former peers that way. So I'm kind of picturing that like they were in one of these like intro poetry classes. Like just a passing interest. A hundred percent, yeah. <laughs> and so didn't specialize in it and so it's actually successful. <laughs> I do I do enjoy those uh those contacts. I think uh Gabe is gonna choose Marlene, uh, a pugilist, as his uh friend. Um let's say that uh he and Marlene like to fight together. Maybe they're punching buddies. Maybe there's some romantic interest there. But Gabe kind of wants a better life for them both. Um, okay. And then the so he's turned into crime. Uh, the the <laughs> rival will be Grace, an extortionist. Um, and I think I'm gonna have Grace be um, Gabe's sister, uh, who is kind of into doing things a little bit more like in the assassiny way or the bravos way as opposed to um where gabe has found himself now uh, with marmar so why why is your sister a rival what happened with that fallout uh, i need to think about it for like two <laughs> <Okay>. seconds because <laughs> um, like mechanically like you lose a die when your rival interferes so like this does imply that there is a fallout 
I think she's always been in the crimes game. And Gabe has like recently, Gabe has been like on the up and up for like a considerable amount of time. He's just been doing like honest bodyguarding work, but it's just not paying enough or something is just the benefits aren't there, no health care, etc. So he's just like uh, turning to crimes, but because he hasn't like reached out to assist, I don't know. She thinks that he's like higher than thou normally. And then now that he's doing this stuff, she's just kind of like resenting him for it, I guess. Maybe like that kind of thing of like Gabe hasn't even had that attitude, but she's perceiving that yes, and projecting. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's classic siblings for you. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. I love those. So uh, from this corner of the world, I'm going to bring you a better sibling relationship. Yeah. With, um, so I decided that Nerex, the prostitute, is Ellery's sister, who who does stuff like courtesan with like rich and powerful to gain information and becomes our informant. Um, and then the rival slash enemy is going to remain Basil Baz, the gang leader of Lamp. Lamp Blacks? Yeah, Lamp Blacks. The former uh, Lamplighters Guild. Yes. Um, They went on a date many, many years ago (laughs) and didn't work out. He turned out to be super misogynistic and does terrible things to my people. So, hate him. Excellent. I have so many notes to type up. Uh, So... I am going to pick one from the list, one that I'm making up there. Uh, Rosalind Kellis, who is a noble, is my uh, friend there. Uh, She's my good contact. Um, And I think she and I are on again, off again lovers. I think it's very much like a, we were, actually I think it was like kind of assumed like in the upper echelon prior to me losing status and the tragedy that is Princess Marina's life that like Rosalind and Princess Marina were going to get married and like connect two parts of the culture um, and like marriage of business, but also marriage of like there's some passion there. Um, I think we love to hate each other and hate to love each other, like kind of that situation. But ultimately, we'll all work out for the good. Uh, and then I invented Yatrisha, who is an Aruvian diplomat. And I think that Yatrisha, uh, like comes from is like a cousin of mine um and ultimately kind of in line for the throne um but like loosely like there's some extrapolation to get to the throne there um and i actually think that i suspect that uh when we crashed um the boat that the lighthouse was not working um, or was conveniently uh, turned off for the moment. So we had a crash. And I think Yatrisha had something to do with that. Because um, she's trying to like eliminate every member of my line to uh, become the queen herself. That's juicy. Yeah, I don't know if that's true or not. That's just what I assume. But uh, that is that is what uh, I think Morena thinks Yatrisha is like real bad news. Um, so circling back to Rosalind, you said on again, off again. Uh, when are you at the moment? <laughs> I don't know if it's ever like actually specified if it's ever on or off. It's just kind of like 
we hook up once in a while, like <laughs> nothing ever really defined. Um, I think if society is concerned, we are off again. Um, okay. because, uh, I have lost all my wealth cause it, you know, is at the bottom of the ocean. So everyone is like, you're off again. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, but we're still going to like hang out and like, I'll still come over and I definitely use her knowledge of like parties and stuff to know where to hit, like who's not going to be home. Okay. This is good to know. Just gals being pals. Classic gals being pals, you know. <laughs> uh, so my, my friend connection is going to be Stazia, I think is how you pronounce that. Um, and she's an apothecary. I'm thinking what happened is that uh, I was just a a tinkerer, a mechanic, essentially, of Sparkcraft creations, um, but also doing the alchemical stuff. Stazia was my my work colleague, my connection that I'd go to for whatever materials I needed. And then tying into that, my other thought was a colleague, but is now my, my rival, is Eckerd, the body snatcher, the corpse thief. Because I think that in in the tradition of all uh, alchemist tinkerers, I probably went a little mad scientist and was trying to create a um, um, oh a hull is what they're they're called in this game, which is like the automaton body that is fueled by a spirit. Um, so I was working with him to get corpses that still had the ghost attached, that the ghost hadn't dissipated yet. Um, but he double crossed me and he was bringing me people that weren't actually dead yet. So I accidentally created a handful of hollows, which are the, the living bodies without spirits in them. Um, and, and they were loose on the city for maybe a hot minute, um, which ruined my reputation and business practice. And, uh, it's all this guy's fault. So. Quick, no! <laughs> it was this a deeply, so good. <laughs> it was a deeply humbling experience. A deeply humbling experience. So now Wick is a little bit more subdued on the mad scientist scale, but not completely off of it yet. <laughs> oh, and I'm sure the spirit wardens hate you. Yes. We're over here being Scooby-Doo, and Wick is like, I'm going to commit an ethics violation. <laughs> <laughs> It was an accidental ethics violation, <laughs> mostly. Excellent, excellent. Okay, so we got that. So then the other thing with uh, your characters, before we go back to like the crew contact, is your vice purveyor. So now that you have an idea of like where your lair is in Silkshore and that you uh, frequent Brightstone for like, your hunting grounds, uh, where do you like to go to indulge your vice i mean i already mentioned that i think milos's is this tailoring is this tailoring shop and i imagine just from the sound of it that they're probably in brightstone i think that's where he yeah. hangs out to get all his luxury goods uh yeah dunridge and sun says night market but i i think also like done the brightstone works for it too i missed that was specified no it can yeah. be either yeah either one works we can put brightstone so Ellery Moonlight as a gondolier with the app Leafed. <laughs> this is this is the second uh, first first 
game of a season that somebody has tried to work apps into on our podcast. <laughs> I mean, the phones aren't really a thing here. Like this is very much set in like a early and like a late industrial kind of world. Like electric lights were a recent thing. It's not a phone app. It's uh, a pigeon based. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> the original Twitter. Uh oh. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so your obligation is just like you or you like have a side career gondoliering. Yes. Um, because <laughs> because, <laughs> because I want to support my fellow uh, refugee. So whenever there's a pigeon that <laughs> land on me and was like somebody needs to somebody needs a ride and I have to go <laughs> oh my god you're a Lyft driver <laughs> oh my god <laughs> okay so like the thing with the vice purveyors is that like you generally have like a specific person that this ties back to so who who do you have that, like, I guess also, like, maybe, like, works for Leaved or is, like, a person that you're really trying to support with this? I think I'm trying to support my my sister, the informant lyrics here. Okay. Uh, let's go with Goober. I'm going to take Todd's suggestion. Because why not? With Goober. Goddamn. <laughs> Goober's the name of a pigeon. <laughs> it's just one pigeon, one extremely busy pigeon. It's a very active. Pigeon. There's a rumor that Goober used to be a person, like who like ran the company, but like got transformed into a pigeon and is now just say, like Go- running around. Go- Go- Goober's actually the head pigeon who's possessed by a ghost and <laughs> as intelligent as a person. <laughs> We're rapidly breaking this game. <laughs> no, there could be some fun with it. <laughs> I have some interesting notes to have to figure out. <laughs> I think my vice purveyor will be Grist uh, boxing at the docks. Okay. Yeah, so definitely like put that put that under your, your vice and purveyor. Uh, mine is going to be uh, Harvale Brogan. Um, who owns the Centralia? I'm going to call it Centralia. Uh, who owns the Centralia Club in uh, Brightstone? Uh, I think that's both a like, I love to go party there. Um, and like, by party, I mean sit and be stared at while, because I'm elegant and beautiful. Uh, but also, I think that's where um, uh, Rosalind and I like meet for our clandestine affairs. Okay. Yeah, and that one is actually tied to a faction, so that is very interesting. Is it a faction we already have a negative relationship with? Because that feels appropriate. Uh, no. Um, so the Circle of Flame, their headquarters, uh, is the Centralia uh, Club. So that's the one that's a secret society of, uh, of antiquarians and scholars that is a cover for extortion, graft, vice, and murder. Classic. Yep. Cool, cool, cool. I like that. Yeah, so like definitely uh, put the purveyor in your sheet. So then Wick. Uh, I think that I'm going to do the 
or Avrik, who is a powder dealer in Barrowcleft. Okay. I guess really the other stuff that I had like questions or questions for, um, which I'm just going to like go through like these questions just so you have them on your mind. Um, like in particular with the characters, like what is something that you want from your character arc? Um, and like with any of these questions, if you don't know the answer right now, that's fine. You can think on it and like come back to it and, and let us know. Are there any particular factions that you're interested in that like hasn't, haven't been brought up yet? And then, like, how much how much does the group want to, like, really lean into the magic and spookiness, especially considering that you don't have a whisper? Because, like, it is always present, but I kind of view it as, like, a like a dial that we can, like, turn up or down depending on how much people want to lean into it. I think since we don't have a whisper this time, I, f- I feel like we had the magic scale pretty high during our one shot. Uh, so I feel like having it down to, like, a lower setting would be fine for this group does that work for i don't know like that again just my thoughts here i mean uh i think at least two characters have ghost related special abilities i can talk to them Mm -hmm. so they're welcome to hang out with us um (laughs) (laughs) i think maybe a medium on the ghost dial (laughs) yeah i was kind of thinking like maybe like our average mission doesn't really deal with ghosts but like repercussions may get bigger and bigger and get us involved in the supernatural. Like we don't typically lean into like stealing from or selling to ghosts, but there's no reason that that might not happen. Yeah. I don't think like with hawkers that kind of goes into like what kind of uh, items you like sell of like, okay, maybe it's not so much of like spooky arcane, arcane stuff. I have a question that might be unrelated or might be related. So mm-hmm. what is the status that ghosts have in this world? Like, are they just walking around like normal presence and we just engage with them if we can? Like, you know, do they just walk into a store and buy a drink if, you, you know? No, they're definitely um, a bit like malevolent uh people try to use them for their own ends like the spirit wardens actively go out and like (laughs) uh the spirit wardens like actually go out to try to collect the bodies that way uh, more ghosts are not made pretty much anybody can like attune to some level to the ghost field but like the majority of places like out on the street, you are probably not going to run into a ghost, but like as, as a crew in the, like in the underworld, like you are going to run into some haunted places and like people in, in, in some circumstances. Yeah. On the ghost style topic, I was going to say, I did, I did put one of my action dots in a tune. So I do like the, the idea of it being a thing that is sort of there occasionally or as a low level thing. But I agree that it feels like it's not something that we make part of our like main business as a crew. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, so then like, I think, Rand, you had mentioned being interested in the Dimmer sisters. Uh, are there like any other factions that people were particularly interested in? Not that like, in a you know exactly like how we want to bring them in, but just like, hey, this looks kind of neat. I thought also um, that the gray cloak might also come into play, like on the spectrum of our dealings with that particular side of the society. Related to Marina's uh, vice, now that you've 
uh, mentioned the Centralia Club, I think, uh, perhaps without realizing that they're a front for extortion and murder and all that sort of thing. I feel like Milos would be interested in their their front as a like secret society social club. I think the sailors seem pretty interesting from the labor and trade section. And there's also another person in the underworld, uh, the Ulf oh, yeah, Ironborn. The Ulf. Yeah, I forgot about him. <laughs> Who just he just wants to fight, so he seems really interesting. <laughs> yeah, like I definitely can't guarantee that like all of these will come up, but like it's interesting to see like what you as players are intrigued by to like try to try to bring them in. Of course, of course. I mean, there's also, like, the Church of Ecstasy. <laughs> what? Church of the Ecstasy of the Flesh. Classic. <laughs> um, the High feels like it might be appropriate for us to bump into once in a while. Um, if they are, like, the most respected of the salespeople, basically. And we are like, we're coming in here to sell some stuff in your area. And they're like, no, the fuck you're not. Go home. <laughs> <laughs> Wick is really interested in following what the Sparkrites are doing uh, because they're kind of the leaders in Sparkcraft technology um, and also has an insane amount of guilt about the Horde because definitely whatever hollows Wick made are part of the Horde now. So it just violently avoids them whenever the topic comes up. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Yeah, I forgot about the Horde. That's so good. Oh, I was going to bring up two different groups. Uh, one is the Skullander refugees, which uh, like I might we might encounter because of me. Uh, and then I'm like unrelated to that. I'm very interested in the weeping lady. Mm, yeah, which since we're not we're not really the shadows anymore. They wouldn't have to be totally out of character. Yeah, like there are so many factions and there is no way to touch on like all of them, especially for a short group. But this is very helpful to see like what what groups to bring in, especially for like uh, where did what starting situation just throw you all the wolves in. (laughs) So then um, the other question I really had, which like, again, this is one that like you might want to think on before really answering since you did like just make these characters. Is there, are there like any particular things you really want to explore with your character? Like any particular arc? Uh, well, Marina would like to be noble again. Um, her goal <laughs> is like, we make enough money that I can like marry Rosalind and become, you know, okay. I, This is just an instinct, but I was going to say, I think something that I'd be interested in for Milos is him developing like a, I see him as very much a like solitary academic type. um, And I think it would be interesting for him to like develop or like find himself to his own surprise actually caring about somebody which like could be romantic but i don't think has to be and might be more interesting if it's not but like you know this guy who is kind of alone and has like friends but not really anybody that he's close to like finding you know finding himself feeling close to somebody for the first time okay i like that 
we're telling a love story with crimes. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it doesn't have to be romantic, but it, it could be. I'm not opposed. I don't, I don't know where. How do we feel about romance between yet. player characters? Is that something people are okay with? As long as both players are consenting, I don't see why not. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, we started same. out with Blades in the Dark, but now we're playing Monster Hearts. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the real crimes were the hearts we stole along the way. <laughs> no, like we didn't I mean, mean that literally. I mean, if the slogan is Be Gay, Do Crime, <laughs> if the slogan is Be Gay, Do Crime, then I don't see why we can't include more Be Gay in the exactly. Be Gay, Do Crime. <laughs> Exactly, Nick. Exactly. Well, the few, the the rest of us will be making our business to find Milos, the love of his life, right? <laughs> this this is rapidly spiraled out of my control, but I'm okay with it. Or the friendship of his life. We're literally all trying to match make Milos at this point. <laughs> hey, listen. There's also like. The whole system is set up to be like, you want found family? Here's found family. So there's there's multiple ways. Mm-hmm. I think my only character aspiration right now is that um, Wick is probably in a, an interesting balancing act between the want to do mad science and morals. Um, so I think that probably... <laughs> Uh, probably being in a, in this group is going to be what helps, um, ground them at least a little bit more towards morals than mad science, because they have recently learned that actions have consequences. (laughs) Wow. What a concept. (laughs) Yeah. So hanging out with people that they will probably grow to like will help be like, "Mm, maybe I shouldn't do that. Yeah. I'm going to do some crimes and maybe get some morals along the way. (laughs) It could happen. <laughs> I think Ellery just wants to make a lot of money and buy... What's her name again? Well, she can't remember her sister's name. Uh, buy her sister some status and out of the life of a courtesan. Uh, so maybe she can just go back to live a life of feeding goats or something. But if... If ultimately this becomes a new family, that would be great, too. It does seem like most of our characters are like, we want money so that we can have a better life with the people we love. Except for Milos, who's like, I want money so that I can potentially have a love life in the future. <laughs> I'm not sure he's even aware of that. that. That's more of a me aspiration for him. I feel like Milos at, at the start is kind of just like, I want money. And that's it. Totally. Don't ask any more questions. To be fair, I don't think Marina really cares about the love life either. I think she wants money and love is a way to get it. I think I think like she likes Rosalind, but I think she's marrying for, you know, the the paycheck. 100%. And then, yeah. Uh, Dex, was there anything you really wanted for Gabe? Uh, I think Gabe is looking for uh, <laughs> the money for to give him and um, uh, Marlene a better life, potentially. So that's currently his thing. He doesn't want a lot, just like enough. Okay, I like that. 
for my note-taking purposes, can we all just go and do a quick summary of our characters really quick? Like, now that we've, like, established yeah. all the connections and stuff? Because my brain is just not going to work unless I get it all down in some capacity. Yeah, I think, like, if everyone could go and, like, do a full, like, introduction to your character, since we did do it so piecemeal. I'll start. <laughs> uh, so, Milos Jedwin uh, uses he, him. And the alias Needle. Um, and he is a former uh, professor of Hadrathi poetry who has fallen on hard times um, ever since his credentials were debunked. Um, and he, uh, yeah, he's a he's a handsome Severosi man uh, who always dresses in impeccable, elegant clothing and has long uh, braided hair. Uh, and what playbook is uh, is Milos? That's a great fundamental question. <laughs> Milos, Milos is the spider. And go next. I am Princess Marina Alanda Graciel Valerio of the Grey Fire Line. Uh, I am currently uh, serving as our team's lark, which means I'm a little bit uh, sneaky, stealthy. Um, I learned that uh, sneaking in and out of the palace when I was a young girl, um, uh, getting out of the palace was much harder than getting in, um, because quite frankly, uh, our guards were strong enough that they would just kill anyone who got in. So it wasn't about stopping them from getting in. It was just about clearing them out once they did. Um, I come from Aruvia, which is a desert palace or desert kingdom uh, to the south of um, Duskwall. My uh, dearest friend in Duskfall is uh, Rosalind Kellis. Um, Rosalind and I were previously engaged to be married. Um, but then after the tragedy that befell me with the moon crown, or the moon's crown, um, when all of my riches were sunk to the bottom of the sea, uh, her parents retracted our betrothal. And now... Uh, we have to meet in secret at the Centralia Club, um, much to the chagrin of my evil cousin, um, Yatricia, who is 11th in line, though I think she may be up to 9th or 10th at this point uh, for the crown. Um, and I do believe that that accident with uh, the moon's crown is less of an accident due to Yatricia's involvement. Uh, and I have recently hired our good friend Gabe uh, as a bodyguard, or I'm not sure how recently, but prior to the accident, Gabe was my bodyguard. I think this is a perfect time for me to come in here. My name is Gabe. I'm our resident cutter for our crew. And also my alias is Gabe. There's not much else that goes into that. I've got a pretty big beard, and I'm beefy boy, and I've got brown skin and green eyes. I'm from the the Dagger area, the Dagger Isles area, and I formerly was bodyguarding for multiple ships uh, that traveled through the area until I took on the contract to guard Princess Mar Mar on our final fatal voyage. Um, in the city of Duskvol, I have. One very good friend, Marlene, a pugilist. We hang out together, and I'd like to provide him a better life. And I've got a 
rather vindictive elder sister named Grace, who doesn't really enjoy my recent fall into crime, since she views that as her territory. And so that's me. So I will be playing Wick, uh, whose pronouns are they, them. That is the only name they have given, whether it's their true name or an alias. Um, they are a Ticarosi, uh person, question mark, with uh, a waxy complexion and ginger hair that makes them kind of candle looking, let's say. Um Wick is the resident leech, uh, which is kind of easy to tell by the Sparkcraft prosthetic arm that they have. And uh, Wick just came off of a pretty bad run in with a lot of things that Wick ought not to have been tinkering in. So joining this this crew is much more of a sense of um, resolving some problems and lying low. And if crime is the best way to do that, so be it. So my character is Ellery Crow, which might be an alias. Well, it, it is the alias because there is no other name similarly to Wick. Um, Luck. She is ethnically ambiguous, aka uh, acrosian passing. Is that what we call acros people? Yeah, acrosian. Acrosian passing. Uh, she is relatively tall and slim and a bit androgynous. Um, but because she's she spends the majority of her time disguising as other people we're not super sure what she originally looks like uh, except that she has um, pale skin her nose is slightly crooked with a weird scar on the side Um, she walks with a limp and holds a cane but is that real question mark Um, heritage is scofflin she, she used to be a inspector, so everybody hated her in the beginning, obviously, for obvious reasons. Um, she also moonlight as a gondolier for Goober the Pigeon when she's not working with <laughs> crew. <laughs> um, her closest contact is Nerex. The courtesan, and her sworn enemy is Basil, Baz, the gang leader. She can talk to ghosts. What else do I need to tell you? That's it, right? Yeah, I think that's about it. Um, I also realized that we left off a very important question with your crew. What's its name? What are y'all called? The Mool Cow. <laughs> like we have a name for like different the, from the ship, ship, but, ship, but like, I, what's the name of the crew? I was going to suggest something along the lines. I was going to suggest that we try to incorporate cow into it somehow. The golden, the golden cow, the golden calves. The burglars. Get, bo- bo- the bovine burglars. I'm trying to think of like words with cow in it. <laughs> the cowlick. Is cow trapping? Oh, Milos! What the, the golden calves? That's so bad. Good. 
<laughs> I don't get it. <clears throat> oh, it's a it's a it's an old Bible reference. <laughs> this is so funny. <laughs> the only cow word that is coming to my mind is cowards, but I don't think that's the vibe for us this time. <laughs> the not cowards. <laughs> Wait, question. Actually, maybe it'll help if we know what are we selling. Did we establish this? <laughs> yeah, because there's a whole like, what is your preference with being hawkers? Of because like hawkers are like vice dealers, they execute product procurement, covert sales, shows of force, and social events. So it says like sales territory, and like you pick a preference: uh, sales, supply, show of force, or socialize. What's your go-to? <laughs> I feel like either sales or socialize. I don't really know what socialize means in this context. <laughs> Neither does Milo. I feel like there's. <laughs> I feel like sales is probably the one we talked about the most when we were having the general discussion. But I feel like there could be like an element of like we infiltrate parties or infiltrate social events to sell there and be like. Oh, hey, you want to buy a gold watch? But like we're at a party where everyone is already wearing a gold watch, you know? That's yes. Okay. Yeah. Like it doesn't lock you into like, if you pick sales, you're only doing sales. That's just kind of like your more specialization and what you're like more practice at and a bit of a preference, but like all, all of them can easily come up. So, um, if since, since clothing is something that's come up several times and there are groups that are like red sashes, um, could we do something that was like cowls, like the, like hooded the something cowls like <laughs> silver cowl was my first thought the silver cowls or something like that so we're kind of like fancy and then also if we do get that group tailor then we can all have like matching outfits <laughs> i like the silver cowls i'm in for silver cowls i think that's a cool idea Mm-hmm. yep 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 cool i can't think of anything else that uh really i, I really needed to bring up <laughs> Oh, yeah, Lord Scurlock calls y'all the moo cows. People just moo at us in the streets. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine a centuries-old vampire? (laughs) Just, like, mooing at us. (laughs) Like, the level of petty he has to have. (laughs) What do you think sustained him for all these years? Pettiness kept him alive. (laughs) Dungeons and Drama Nerds is produced by Todd Brian Backus, Percival Hornack, and Nicholas Orvis, and it's mixed and edited by Anthony Sertel-Dean. Our Blades in the Dark campaign features Elliot Peterson as GM, T.P. Huth as Princess Marina Alana Graciel Valerio of the Greyfire line, Whitney Lane Meltz as Wick, Nicholas Orvis as Milos Jedowin, Dex Fan as Gabe, and Ren Shaw as Ellery Crow. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at dndramanerds. Check out cast bios on our website, dungeonsanddramanerds.com, and tune in next week for another episode of Dungeons and Drama Nerds. Dungeons and Drama Nerds.